We are rolling now. Counting us down. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, spoken word, books, things that have built us up as people. We hope that in sharing it, it builds you up. We are the retrospective that's introspective. Love it. Hell yeah. And uh, in the future, everyone will have a different name. My name's Tari J. What's your different name, Lex Michael? It's a specific reference to the movie we're talking about, which is Videodrome. (laughs) Uh, In a sense, mine is Lex Michael. Hmm. Interesting. Who am I really? Who are you? Uh, I'm going to assume that your real name is Flask Blunderbins. I, uh, I'm not even here. Uh, Tari talks to me via TV monitor. I exist as a series of tapes. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's crazy how he anticipates what I'm going to say. Um, I find it eerie, but every time it just, but it's also astounding. It makes me feel like I'm too predictable. Like when you start an email in Google Gmail and it knows what you're about to type and you're like, am I a series of programs? (laughs) What am I? (laughs) Um, but yeah, so uh, if you don't know anything about Videodrome, it is written and directed by David Cronenberg. Uh, it is was made in 1983, starring James Woods, has Debbie Harry in it, and a bunch of other people whose names I didn't write down. Um, this is the youngest I've ever seen James Woods, so that's fun. Yeah. Um, and it is a it's a wild ride. It's a real wild ride. Um. So, Lex, you were the one who was like, yo, you got to watch Videodrome, bro, 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 bro. Let's watch some Videodrome. I, uh, so, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this movie. Can you pitch it to us? Why? 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 So, when I first saw this movie, I had absolutely no idea what I was in for. It may have been the first Cronenberg that I saw. It's possible I saw The Fly before this. But I I, no, I I blind bought the DVD. I was like, okay, I've heard of Cronenberg. This looks interesting based on the cover. Went home, watched it. Holy shit. Uh, it's a story that is about uh, media more than anything else. It's about media, it's about communication, and it's about uh, conspiracy involving a video signal that is being utilized by dark and sinister forces uh, for purposes unknown. But it's, uh, as as you say, Tari, it's, it's pretty wild. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it has... All the the Cronenberg signature things. Um, it has conspiracy. It has body horror. Um, a little bit of sex. Um, it has boobies. Um, it has suggestive body things. Uh, it has all the Cronenberg, uh, I guess, signatures, if you will. Yes, and we can we'll we'll dig into the specifics of those to which you refer. dig in is that a is that a pun are you using a a pun for for digging in because of the suggestive things yeah that's fine oh cool yeah yeah Um, i i so anticipated the exact direction of the conversation that i was able to record this tape right specifically way ahead of time i recorded this like three years ago yeah uh you uh are essentially like i walk into a room and it has a date 
it has your name and it has a topic and I just pop it in and then I respond to it and it accurately responds to me. Yes. Um, which is crazy. Cause like, that's almost how I originally met you is, uh, someone gave me a tape and it was like, this is Lex Michael. I will be your future host. You will do as I say. And that's how this show got started. Yeah, it's true. And, and what was a little difficult at the time to suss out is I do it all on Betamax cassettes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, you didn't have a Betamax player. You had access to a VCR. Right. But I'm not using that form. I'm not using the format that won that particular format war. I'm using Betamax because it's smaller. Well, of course. And you can get it more places that you need to get it. Yeah. That's apparently actually why Cronenberg used Betamax tapes. I read that. Yes, because they're smaller and those tapes need to go certain places. Uh-huh. Um, I also feel like you use Betamax because you don't conform to the norm, man. Yeah, I'm not going to switch you know? formats just because the man tells me to. Hell nah. HD DVD till I die. It's true. It's really hard for him to find it because they literally don't manufacture it anymore, but... He tries. He does it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He has a guy in a in a back room who records things onto HD DVD. So a lot of the things we're saying are very specific <laughs> references to the movie we're talking about. So if you haven't seen it, I um, highly recommend checking it out. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's on Vudu. It's on YouTube for rent. Like So you can find it pretty cheap anywhere you want to find it. Yes. Uh, something we can touch on without spoiling anything is the movie is very much about media itself and about the different mediums through which media is transmitted and consumed by an audience and the ways in which an audience will consume it. Uh, very prescient movie as far as, I mean, in, in a lot of ways predicting the internet, but they are sort of piggybacking on the ideas of Marshall McLuhan, who was very much the basis for the Brian Oblivion character, who was this uh, is Canadian philosopher, sort of big figure uh, in his day. And a lot of his his philosophies, a lot of his work uh, formed much of the basis of media theory. So he was the guy who uh, the medium is the message that that's him. And that that's essentially means that the medium through which a uh, piece of media is transferred mm-hmm. is far more important makes a far bigger statement than any of the content itself could possibly make he also is the guy who first posited the idea of a global village which we have we essentially have now thanks to the internet essentially everybody around the world sharing the same pop culture references share you know etc 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 yeah but so that was him and so a lot of that informed some of the philosophies in this movie and especially the brian oblivion character in particular the character that w- appears on the television like i do right of that's course how, that's why i was inspired to do so Indeed. Uh, you saw this movie and was like, that, mm-hmm. that me. I was like, I've never felt so seen. Um, ha ha ha. I get it. That was a pun, and I'm not proud. I'm proud of you. Like I am every day. You know, I don't tell you every day, but I'm proud of you. Oh. So very proud of you. Thanks. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to drop down the spoiler wall right now. So if you haven't had a chance to see, uh, Videodrome, then check it out. It's available. Uh, it's part of the Criterion Collection. So if you want to get that sweet, sweet Blu-ray, I believe it should be available as well through Amazon or yeah. whatever your means. Um, that's so, how I. That's how I watch it. Great supplemental package. I listened last night to the David Cronenberg does a commentary with the director of photography, and there's also a commentary with James Woods and Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry also, of course, uh, lead singer of Blondie. Yeah, it's a wonderful band. Yeah, they're pretty great. Yeah. Um, and she's a fox. Ah, yeah. 
Debbie Harry, yum, yum, yum. Um, what? <laughs> um, so, uh, what? You don't like the way I talk about Debbie Harry? I want you to trademark yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, and there's also a documentary that's called something, something new flesh, something, something or other. Um, that's, that's actually the title. I forget the name I'm of it. I'm surprised you remember it's, it's something, something <laughs> new flesh, something, something. What was the last part? Whatever. Whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's a thing. It's, there's also a documentary yeah. about the movie. Um, so now that the spoiler wall is down, um, let's let's kind of go over what happens in this movie. Long live the new flesh, Tari J. Oh, yes. That's what it's called. That's the name of the documentary. Yes. But also what happens in the movie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it starts out as a pretty, like, it starts out with kind of a detective-esque uh, noir feel with a little more technology thrown into it. Yeah. And then it, like, spirals at the midway mark into um what i could mostly describe as sexual violent psychedelic stuff yeah we're at a certain point we're operating very firmly with nightmare logic yeah um which does it narratively tracks within the movie right of course course. because the the videodrome signal induces brain tumors which induce hallucinations right so, like, we we essentially shift from a fairly straightforward narrative to an unreliable narrator. You start to kind of blend what's real and what's unreal, and you never really know what is actually happening in any given moment. Right. Um, and so we have this main character, Max Ren. 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 Um, and played by James Woods, a very young, foxy James Wood. Um, yum, yum, yum. Oh, yeah. Trademark target. <laughs> um, he, he's, he's very, like, handsome and charming, even though he's supposed to be playing this really, like, uh, kind of a scumbag Very much uh, a sleazy TV guy. Producer. Yeah, and he runs this little network, and he's all about looking for the smuttiest, sleaziest trashiest exploitation material he can find like it opens uh with a scene where he's he's got a somebody pitching him content and it's softcore pornography essentially called samurai dreams yeah and there's 13 episodes and he's essentially like give me the last two they're not nobody's gonna see the first 12 11 whatever it is um and that's his whole mo and he's always looking for the next uh, the next intense thing, the next thing that's going to top the last thing in terms of smuttiness and, and edge. And he alludes to wanting something that skews a little bit more towards violence than sexuality. Right. Um, and so he kind of stumbles into it. Uh, he has a, a friend who's like a signal pirate. And, uh, yeah, Harlan. Yeah. Who I, I don't know what this character's deal, but he only calls him Patron. Mm-hmm. He has kind of a, like a, a which is spanish but the person playing him i think is russian um so there's a lot going on there um but he essentially they didn't worry about optics in the 80s sir (laughs) this was before there was discourse that's true uh but he essentially plays a clip of uh video drum and and it's almost like really offhandedly and and uh james wood sees it and is like yo is that is that torture porn, yo? Let me let me get in on that. And what it is essentially, it is it is 
torture. Somebody is being tortured in an orange room with an electrified clay wall. Yep. Which is something that Cronenberg uh, on the commentary track was talking about how he took that from a movie. He cannot remember what movie it was. Something, I guess, something obscure. Maybe it didn't have a, a huge impact when it came out, but couldn't remember, but knew that it had Nazis. And in the movie, the Nazis had something like the electrified clay wall. Mm, okay. Um, weird. I I was trying to figure out the logistics of how that would work. Like, I get that they probably put water on the wall, so it's wet. And so that's, and then they put like electrodes into the clay, maybe. But I think that clay itself, like earth type things, ground um, electricity. So I don't know how electricity would run through the, the wet clay wall. Um, if you guys at home can hit me up and let me know how the, the technical logistics of that work, yeah. uh, please do so. You can either do it at our general Twitter, which is missing outcast M I S S I N G O U T C S T, or you can do it at my personal one, which is the name that they will call me in the future. Tari J T E R I J A Y. Um, because that, I think that's the only thing that I couldn't believe in this whole movie. I was like, "You can't electrify clay. How silly! <laughs> this movie sucks now." Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so like he starts diving down the, the, this rabbit hole, uh, trying to find it, and in the midst of it, like he he ropes in uh, Debbie Harry, who is this, I don't, I can't, I couldn't really figure out what her actual job was. She, it, it looks like you see one scene of her hosting a call in radio show. It seems like it's a sort of not necessarily a therapy show, yeah. uh, but she's helping a distraught female caller over the phone and essentially saying to her, like, you need help, you need to get help and, and you'll be fine, et cetera, et cetera. Right. She's like, she's the phraser of mm. this, of this business. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, and <laughs> And her, her, who is Frasier's love interest? Sally. Sally. Yeah. No. Okay. I've never seen Frasier. He's got a. He's got a few. Frasier's got a few. He. He's a. He's a ladies' man. He's a. He's a Lothario. Frasier Crane. Ah. Um. Well, like Fraser, um, she also has a bunch of kinks. She loves being cut, and she loves being burnt. Just like uh, Fraser. Just like Fraser. Um, yeah, I Frasier mean, went pretty hard. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but that's the only thing I know about it. Yeah. Anytime someone's talking about Frasier, they're like, oh man, he loved being cut, loved being burnt, <laughs> loved the kinks. So, uh, but yes, uh, uh, Debbie Harry essentially ropes herself in up yeah. to a point, right? Like they, they start to have, you know, this. they meet on a talk show, they end up having this brief affair. You get this really fantastic imagery of... Uh, the two of them having very Cronenbergy sex, but <laughs> the glow of the television is akin to the glow of a fireplace. Yeah. You know, that one light source in the room that is bathing them and it's light is yeah. The TV, which I like is a piece of imagery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she decides she wants to go off and find video herself and audition for it. At which point she largely disappears from the movie. Cause spoiler, she dies. Yeah. That's it's really upsetting. Yeah, she exists more as a hallucination past a point. Yeah. Um I so we we kind of get into the this so we when we were talking about the counselor I believe was the, this show's first introduction to the idea of like snuff videos. This show is in like missing out. Right. Um 
And, and obviously, listeners, you know we're all about snuff videos now. Totally. Like we dipped our toe in the pool and we went, up oh, perfect temperature, cannonball. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. But um, the the idea and and uh, what they are really like upsets me on a, on a guttural level. Well, yeah. Um, and so having this, sh- this movie be about them and like having that reveal towards the end where they're like, I mean, I know she's been a hallucination, but like we killed her like real early. Like she mm-hmm. got there and she did, yo, like that was uh, hyper upsetting. Um, also cause again, super yummy, really liked her. Uh-huh. Um, so Man, if that's upsetting, wait until I show you dead ringers. I don't want it. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Um, I'm not super desensitized to violence unless it's like big cartoony violence. Right. Um, like hyper stylized stuff like Quentin Tarantino type violence. Yeah. Or mm. like Avengers, Avengers type stuff where you're like nameless alien. Oh yeah. Turn them into mush. Um, that's a, a, it's a line from. Avengers. Yep. Yep. And also both Guardians of the Galaxy movies and Captain oh, Marvel. Yeah, it's a running theme. Yeah. Um, which I like. <laughs> I don't. It's it's interesting too that all of the characters put on that same voice when they say the line. They'll be talking perfectly naturally and then go, "This is an alien, and I, I'm gonna get him, turn him into mush." Um, yes, it's because when you watch uh, Captain Marvel, uh, she does it. And then everyone kind of learns it from her. It like starts spreading around the galaxy. Um, it's the moment at the end where Nick Fury sees the photo and it's Carol Avenger Danvers, but it's a, it's an audio recording of her like if, you know flying a jet or something, being like, "It's an alien. I'm a turn into moosh." <laughs> yeah, and that's now the basis. Like that's the inspiration for everything they are to be thereafter. Right. It's it's like um, it's like Dave Chappelle's "I'm Rick James, bitch." Yes, um, like everyone's doing it. It's like it's the big mimetic thing that's happening across the the whole galaxy. Mm-hmm. And when you get to Avengers, that iconic uh, shot where it circles the entire team, they're all just muttering. <laughs> it's not perfectly in sync with each other, so it's just it's just a wave of. Yeah, but like the when you see it in Atmos, like the the murmuring circles around you as the camera circles them. It's a it's a marvel of uh, audio design. I see what you did. Thank you. I'm clever. I liked in Avengers Endgame where Cap uh, had a flesh hammer. Uh huh. It was great. And when he was like Avengers, long live the new flesh. And they're all like ah. And then he just bonked himself on the head with it. It was it was it was upsetting it was very as well. Upsetting. And like <laughs> and like uh, Korg is uh, off holding a video camera, filming all of the snuffery, and just he can't look. He's just holding. He was tasked with holding the camera, uh-huh. but he's staring at the ground the entire time. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> yeah, I don't like any of it. Um, but speaking of disturbing imagery, like. A lot of the stuff that they do with uh, the special effects in this movie um, are, you know, they're classic Cronenbergian, um, but we get we get a veiny, pulsing television, mm-hmm. um, which was gross to look at, and then uh, we get the the vaginal slit in uh, torso. James Wood's torso into which he inserts a gun. Yeah. And also into which is inserted a Betamax tape at yep. one point, which is why they went with Betamax. Just right. Just a smaller, physically smaller format. Yeah. Because uh, VCRs are too big to fit, too girthy to fit in your, your, torsic, in your torso slit. Yeah. yeah. Torsal slit. 
Torsal slit. I mean, it's it's actually the most apt description. <laughs> um, yeah, and so like we all, and so we also get um, the gun that ultimately starts uh, fusing with James Woods's hand. Yeah, this really disturbing looking flesh gun. Um, yeah, because as he gets deeper and deeper into the like programming, basically, um, he starts to like because he is ultimately losing himself and becoming a, a programmed assassin. Like he is now melded with this instrument of death. Yes. Um, it's a metaphor. Peoples get it, get it, get it together. Do you like metaphors? Cause this has them. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, the Amazon review five stars has metaphors. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how it works, bro. Um, so that that was really cool, just like watching it grow. Like you, at first you get the little like metal tentacles that are digging into his hand, mm-hmm. but like as he keeps going, like his skin starts growing over it. Yep, and then it just becomes like a club with a with a nozzle at the end. Yep, um, it's great. Yeah, it's it's I, and there are shots where like. The shots that aren't necessarily from his perspective, you just see that he's like holding a gun. But when you go back to his singular perspective, like he's bleeding from his guts and he's has this flesh gun. Um, and you're, so like you get further that uh, blending of reality and like the hallucinations, which like from at that point, it's already just a big hallucinogenic nightmare. Yep. Um, cause we've, we, we get this, uh, how do I, like, we get this, it's not a government cause it's just some dudes, it's just some dudes running a corporation, Yeah, but we get that big conspiracy, right? right? Very convex. Yes. Um, which is cute. Well, Conve- you, convex, you know, like, like a cathode, like a, like a TV screen. Cathode, you get it. Cathode ray tube. Yeah. And how, like, I like that there's the, the cathode ray mission in this movie, which is essentially a homeless shelter, but it's people who feel disconnected from the grid of the world, so they sit in little booths and watch television. Yeah, I get it. It's I get it. No, but like it, it is incredible how how prescient this movie was in so many ways, right? Because now we all have our smartphones, and people are very much addicted to their smartphones. They can't put the things down for for two minutes. They need to pick it up, refresh Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Um, if you don't have access to your smartphone for a lot of people, it really is akin to being disconnected from the grid of the entire world. Right. And that you, you know, like how many people do you know? We're probably both like that to an extent uh, that, that like you just, when you need to check out mentally for a little bit, you need a break. You just, you feel like you need to go to your phone and that's how you relax space out, you know? So I actually love how prescient the cathode ray mission was in that way. Yeah. But Going back to what you were saying about the conspiracy, it's never concretely defined what the conspiracy's endgame is or or even why they're doing it beyond America's become weak type thing. Uh, yeah. But but the corporate right like we when he's uh when Max is talking to Masha, Masha's gone and done a little bit of digging and she warns him off a of video drone because she says, you know, it's got something that you don't have, which is a philosophy, and that makes it dangerous. What the philosophy is specifically, we don't get into too much beyond the the specific machinations of the plan as they apply to Max. Right. Well, I mean, I feel like there's because there's a moment when um, 
when Harlan is like, you know, people like you are, are rotting us from the inside out. And so we're going to get rid of all the rot. So it seems like their intention is to find people who gravitate towards things like Videodrome and to essentially just like wipe them out by giving them brain tumors. Right. And that's part of why Max was targeted for the conspiracy, because his network is geared directly towards that audience. Right. Um, so basically, you know, all the torture porn makes us weak. Porn makes us weak and uh, violence makes us weak. And uh, we got to we got to clean out all the on the dirties we got to clean, clean out, out all the dirties uh the the there's a there's a range i think there are degrees there nope anyone who's like... ever seen a boob in their life um <laughs> they they gotta go the, oh. you maybe maybe these these dudes are just hyper prudes they're like they're they're incels and they're like yo if if i can't see a boob in real life no one can see one through a screen i could ah. i could totally buy harlan being an incel yeah i feel like i feel like barry convex is, doesn't bar- he barely exists on the same plane as the rest of us so i, I don't know about <laughs> i don't know about him but harlan i could definitely see it okay i thought you were going to be like but Barry Convex, that guy fucks. That guy fucks all day, every day. He's he's just like his his ain't nothing convex about his junk. Oh boy. Uh, um, yes, when he's not on screen, that's <laughs> where he's at. Oh uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, he's like put on this helmet. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> That's uh, why he got into the the eyewear business is because he's fucking people till their eyes are crossed. <laughs> Uh, that's that's a brilliant. This is that's capitalism, man. It's like I'm causing the problem, and then I'm going to come in and get paid to fix the problem. Hell yeah, that's how you got to do it. Uh, so that helmet that I uh, in the movie, they have this helmet in the back of the eyeglasses shop, and Barry Convex wants to put it on Max's head to attempt to record one of his hallucinations. Yeah. So on the commentary track, Cronenberg talks about how he's like, I don't really know if this is how jimmy woods is all the time but while we were making this movie he was uh, very paranoid he was very it was very much going on about like they're out to get us and like they're they're fucking us real but whatever and and cronenberg would be like who what what they like what they are you for as governments perhaps but point being this paranoia led james woods to refuse to put the device on his head <laughs> I guess he thought maybe like the they could actually record his thought. I don't know. I don't quite know what the reasoning was behind it. So when you see the shots of Max in the helmet, yeah. that's David Cronenberg with the helmet on. Okay. I think I had read that he thought he was going to get electrocuted. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I mean, it does kind of have a like a death trappy feel about it. Like one malfunction and you're going to be smoke. Right. Um, and so maybe he was he thought he was being targeted. Yeah. He's going to put that on his head and they're just going to zap him. I assume he was using it like maybe that was just his persona that he was taking on as as this character because he ultimately was targeted. So he's like a method motherfucker. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in. Everyone's out to get me. That's very possible. But he must have committed to that bit pretty hard because Cronenberg recorded that commentary well after the fact and seemed very unsure whether or not it was in <laughs> earnest. Well, this was before everyone was method, you know? So, like, it's hard to tell. And and I, sh- I assume that, like, James Woods, after the movie, was like, no one talk to me. And then, so he'll, he'll never know. He'll never get confirmation if that's just how 
Jimmy Woods is. That's what he calls him on the commentary track. He's always Jimmy Woods. It's really cute. Yeah. Um, I want a fun nickname from David Cronenberg. Jimmy Woods sounds like a, a blues musician to me. Jimmy Woods sounds like a porn star to me. A, a porn star that is real good on harmonica. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I only watch blues porn. Hell yeah. <laughs> that sounds miserable. <laughs> That sounds worse than Videodrome. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I can already think of some fun names for it, you know? Tromboners. Um, blues balls. Oh. What? That's, it's, uh, it's sitting right there. Somebody had to take it, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, Harmonica. It's, that one's like a... <laughs> that one's like that's the rough. That's the torture one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the S&M one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Saxophone. Um... No, I just I'm trying to trying to picture the mechanics, you the, know, like I'm trying to figure out how they'd go about doing it, doing with, with the instruments as as well, like incorporated. I mean, all of these are pretty handheld instruments and, uh, you know, like traditionally porn doesn't really care about the, the satisfaction of the woman. And so usually they'll just be playing it while just hammering away um, and you're like, that can't be comfortable for that lady. Right. And it's real loud for her, I would imagine. Yeah. Too. But like, you know, porn doesn't care. Um, porn, porn doesn't care. Porn doesn't care. Uh, so that's that's mostly what it I'm is. I'm getting bumper stickers with that on it. <laughs> porn doesn't care. Yeah. Um, so I imagine that. I mean, that's how it works. I mean, you know, because that's your kink. You love blues porn yeah it's it's your thing no i I know i i it's so my thing uh i've internalized it so much it's like it's like when you train really hard for something and you let it all go when you're ready to do the thing it's like i've internalized it so much that i let it i let it all go so thank you for refocusing and reminding me you're welcome of why i fell in love in the first place hey no problem and guys if you have really fun blues sex names Uh. Please uh, send them to him. Send them directly to Lex Michael <laughs> at the Lex Michael on Twitter. Uh, and if you have uh, Photoshop skills, tag him in something on Instagram. Um, but you can't have male or no, you can't have female presenting nipples on Instagram because it's uh, sexist. Um, but do they have a rule about dicks? Uh, I don't know. I've never tried. All right. Well, you you do some you do some research and you come back to me. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, no, because they're going they're going to send them directly to you, Lex. So you let me know. Rep, uh, report back to me how many of those dicks get reported. Oh, from now on, I'm just sending every message I receive directly onto you without reading it. Oh, cool, 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 yeah. cool. Um, well, I look forward to it. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of like bank statements and and spam emails and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. I can't wait to get 50% off my next flight with Insert uh, Airline. Yeah. Insert Airline is very very affordable. Uh <laughs> and you don't you don't have to pay for the movies, which I appreciate. Yeah. That's nice. Insert Airline also sounds like a weird porno. Yep. Um it sounds right. like what sounds like what James Woods would name his torsal slip. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, so gross. Very gross. Everything's it's gross. So nasty. We're uh, really sorry. <laughs> you know what you're getting into. <laughs> Look what you made us do. Oh, man. Um, something I really also like about this movie, and I think which is something that um, I think helps it stay prescient over the last few years, even though we're not using Betamax or VHSs, is 
it from the beginning poses the question like does violent does exposure to violence make us violent or is it just an outlet for us to um kind of expel the inner violence that we already have right that is max's defense of the programming that he's he's putting out there is that it gives people that outlet so that they if they have these these parts of their worst like their worst selves you have to feed it somehow right you have to you have to satiate that part of you so this is an opportunity for people to vent it in this direction instead of going out and actually doing those things themselves right but this is one of the as long as there's been mass media, right, there there have been people arguing both sides. Like, yes, it makes people violent because it puts things in their heads that wouldn't be there otherwise. Or no, it doesn't make people violent because, you know, if you're not if you're not inclined towards violence to begin with, it it isn't it's not going to et cetera. Right. Yeah. It's not going to, like, force you to to, for example, um, go into your workplace or your school and. Uh, you know, take a gun there or something to that effect. Right. And that's like a lot of the argument that we've gotten with like video games. People have been like, they will play violent video games and so that makes them go into schools and do bad things. Where it's like, no, I mean, we, we need to address that like um, mental health is is an issue and also like, um, you know, the way that kids are treated in schools and bullying and like, you know. And also the way they're treated at home. Right. Um, so there's a lot of different factors, least of which, uh, which I think studies have shown that people who play violent video games are less likely to, um, commit violent acts. I feel like now where we're at now, it's more some of the dark corners of the internet and some of the groups young men fall into and the way there, if I can, uh, if I can use the word radicalized, I feel like that has a lot more to do with people choosing violence than grand theft auto does right um yes because once you get into those echo chambers it reinforces the things that may not have been a reality for you beforehand right um because something that you learn when you start doing like cbt for example uh, which is cognitive behavioral therapy is that like we all have thoughts we all have like your brain is constantly working and it's always sorting through different um, like circuits, like every thought you, you have, every memory is just a certain pattern of connections between your synapses. Right. Um, so, but the, the, the thing is that like, you can't necessarily control your thoughts, but you can control how you, what you do with them. You take it. So for example, for CBT, it's, you have a thought that's like, I smell like poop all the time. And what you do with that thought is like, you can internalize that and you can be like i do smell like poop all the time or you could just acknowledge that that thought is irrational and you throw it away hopefully Um, it is important to know for sure that's true um but like well it's technically impossible to smell like poop all the time i don't know i feel like if you committed you can make it work you you could but like the moment you like take a shower you'd have to bank a few and not shower Right. But what if sometimes you smell like dirt? Then technically you don't smell like poop. That's why you bank a few so you can grab one and rub it on yourself. Mm. This is horribly nasty. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, we, we literalized it. <laughs> but like, but that's the, that's the idea is that um, the way that we process thoughts is more important than the thoughts themselves. Right. Um, so like there's an example, uh, I think I had, 
listened on, I think it was on either Radio Lab or This American Life, where there was a guy who like had very violent thoughts about, I think his wife and his kid, like his mind kept being like, we're going to strangle them. And he's like, I don't want these thoughts. I like, and I don't know how to get rid of them. Right. Um, because sometimes the brain's wiring is a little weird. And sometimes it'll be like, well, I'm going to connect these things where they don't need to be. Right. Um, and so like, that's when that comes into play. Right. And the way you just described it, right. It's the, it's the having of the thoughts or the, what you do with the thoughts that is more important than the thoughts themselves, the content of the thoughts themselves. There's a direct line from that to the medium is the message. The medium right. being far more important, make makes a far bigger statement is a far grander import than the content of the media or the thoughts as you put it. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I do. You, is there a cert, certain place that you stand in terms of this, like, age long debate? Are you like violence makes violence? I or something. I think my feeling about it can best be summed up by a line from Scream delivered by Skeet Ulrich, ah. which is that movies don't create psychos; movies make psychos more creative. Mm. that I can see if I if I see a correlation between fictional violence and real violence it's that I do think there is a chance that people who are inclined towards violence to begin with might get some ideas uh, from how certain acts of violence are depicted in fiction yeah but I don't think seeing those actions is what is driving them towards violent behavior to begin with yeah I would agree like you know killer's gonna kill um, and so it, it kind of goes back to what people say about, uh, when someone does like a, a mass shooting or something like not glorifying it, not putting the focus on the person who did it because that only, ha uh, encourages other people who might do that yes. to seek the same attention. Right. Important caveat to, to what I was saying, as far as my, my stance on the entire thing, I do believe that. And it's a it's a good thing that more and more and more people aren't uh, glamorizing it. People aren't highlighting the, the shooter. They're highlighting the victims. I do believe that coverage of real life violence can inspire more real life violence. Yes. But violence in fiction, I don't believe has the same effect. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, we're saying the same thing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Totes. Um, especially if you keep your violence super stylized and you're like, I'm going to turn them aliens into paste. Um, <laughs> the voice has evolved. The voice evolves over the course of the, the well, universe. Yeah, it's 10 years of, of, uh, of movies. Yep. Um, and it all started with Howard the Duck. He's turn Jeffrey Jones into mush. Uh, <laughs> look at how many hours we're spending on this plane. <laughs> But yeah, um, so I, yeah, I, I liked the movie for the most part. I think around the end, it just, it got to be a lot for me. Yeah, like how it, so? Just, there was, there was, like, I dug, I, I feel, I felt the, the conspiracy parts and, and the, like, noirish nature to it. But as things started to spiral and get more... Um, psychedelic and, 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 and nightmarish. Um, you know, I think that I feel like it, it lost a little bit of its through line. 
um, in that it just like thing a lot of just stuff just started happening like it's, it's, tapes were being inserted and he's just running around shooting people and like then he gets to a, a warehouse and is like oh man I'm, I'm gonna shoot myself oh also he like goes after um, Bianca Oblivion yeah, Brian and- Oblivion's daughter who essentially t- turns him against the Videodrome conspirators right she like he she. She, yeah, like she essentially plays something that counteracts his programming, then puts her own tape in him. Like now at this point, he's just like a, a, a big old tape machine, a big flesh tape machine. Um, and everyone's just using them for his own means. Um, and we get this this implication that by killing um Convex and uh, Harlan, it's still not over. There's like a bigger plot. And I feel like it's one of those things where they're setting up for a sequel. They're like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. You're going to see him do some some more flesh gun stuff. Oh, you, you excited for more flesh guns? I like the idea of a Videodrome animated series. <laughs> where just every week it's a new adventure where him and his flesh gun have to hunt down uh, another member of the conspiracy. But along the way, like he's probably got a kid sidekick, like a young girl, like Penny and Inspector Gadget. Yeah. He's probably got one of those and a talking car. Yeah, I mean it's it's probably his um, like the the lady who would leave him tape wake ups. Oh yeah, his, that his lady. assistant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's she's his penny, um, and his talking car also came from his stomach. Like he just like he he's <laughs> like oh I need a I need a way out, and it just starts like busting through his his gut. And uh, he's like, this will do. And it's also super fleshy. Yes. And um, veiny and pulsating the entire yeah. time. It's upsetting to look at. It is. But it, and it's shaped like a television. <laughs> so it's more of a buggy than a car. <laughs> well, like he, he like he gets in the screen and then he's just like, boop, 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 <laughs> um, And it looks like, you you know, like when, when you're kids and you get a cardboard box and you just cut the front out of it and you pretend you're on TV. Yeah. It looks exactly like that. Oh, yeah. It's very fleshy. Veiny and gross. Yeah. Um, so th- there's a lot that happens at the end where like, I feel like, I feel like they really compressed the, the final act, um, in a way that like, I think that Cronenberg was saving up all his weird for the very end. Like he let you, like he eased you into it for a while. And then he was like, no baby balls to the wall. <laughs> um, so like, cause even when, 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 uh, when Woods shoots, Convex, convex basically explodes into a pile of tumors and and guts, like out of his skin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, I don't know how that gun is doing that. I feel like he's also out of bullets. <laughs> like it, it holds eight at most. I mean, at that point, yeah. at that point, the hallucination for him has become indistinguishable from reality. So right. I don't think the gun is literally doing that. I think uh, in his perception the flesh gun is making this conspiratorial thing like his tv ah but that's yeah i don't i didn't take any of that literally uh with the exception of yes he shows up at his at his workplace and kills his kind of co-workers and then i yeah he shoots barry convict i guess he blows up harlan somehow i don't more than likely he just shoots him but at that point you know the hallucinations have so taken over that i guess he imagines the dude literally blowing up right but yeah and then he goes to the the trade show and and shoots convex and then kills himself but i don't think any of the 
the visual aspects are meant to be taken literally. Got it. Um, Although it's way more fun if you take them literally. I mean, how can you not? I mean, <laughs> because the the idea that you get both through um, oblivion and through, I guess, the hallucination at the end is that that the things that you hallucinate become real. And so this idea that like even though his hallucinations might be just hallucinations, there's also an uh, the idea that him hallucinating it makes it become makes it become reality. So um, Harlan blowing up could just be a result of his hallucination creating a bomb in the real world and uh, making him explode. So he's just he's just manifesting left and right. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's used the secret. But also the way you put that I think is interesting because it gets at this idea too the way uh, a the way we are all and this is an age old conversation as well the way a lot of people uh, assert that media is programming us in a way and there are there are ways we can counteract it with other media right it shapes how we interact with each other a lot of people have their views of morality are shaped by media in whatever direction their views of morality are shaped um, but also you see it more and more and more, right? So the spread of fake news and disinformation, mm -hmm. those, uh, you call them, you know, quote unquote hallucinations become reality for a lot of people. And right. In, in some of the most extreme cases actually do inspire real life violence. Right. I mean, and on a smaller, uh, on a, in a microchasm, microcosm in a, a tiny <laughs> trench, <laughs> um, like a, a smaller example of that would be. Uh, take for example the uh, the Tide Pod challenge, where it was a person did it, then it was reported on, and then more people tried it. Or for example, the which all the all the dumb like harmful challenges is one example that is then reported, then becomes a sensation. Right. Um. So like that's in a smaller a smaller example of the larger like not just violence, but like something that was not real or like less real than it's portrayed, um, causing, uh, the reality to set in. Right. Um, which is crazy, but, and, and it, in a way there are other examples of, so I, I mentioned incels earlier. Um, that is another example of how people who have been, who have been exposed to, uh, the media's sense of what uh, a male is deserved uh, or owed mm -hmm. based on our traditional romantic uh, ideals as portrayed in media and literature and all that stuff. The, the narrative that they form because of exposure to that leads them to feel like they are cheated in some way. Right. Uh, if, if you haven't heard us discuss incels before on this show, which we did in the Hunchback of Notre Dame episode. Yes. Frollo. Definitely an incel. Uh, involuntary celibate, I believe, is what it is short for. Correct. And these, yeah, these folks, very entitled and very grouchy that they're not getting what they believe they are entitled to. Right. And that translates to anger, and the anger gets directed, of course, first at women. And there are many instances in which, yeah, they find these online echo chambers, and it pushes them. It put, it essentially is a type of programming. Mm -hmm. You find yourself in that echo chamber, creates a feedback loop, and eventually it gets vented as actual violence in the most extreme cases. Right. Um, so like there are definitely examples of like how we are quote unquote like programmed and that like media is a lot of our 
first exposure to a lot of concepts at this point. Um, you know, and, and so that means that sometimes our schema is created from our exposure to those concepts. Right. And then we have to kind of like pick out the reality from those pieces. It's like, it's like bad code essentially that you have to start like refining and, and so that it fits in with a greater program. Right. Uh, so yeah, media man, it's crazy. Programs us, yo. Do you, do you feel programmed? Do you, do you, do you, can I put can I put my beta max in your tour slit? No. <laughs> no, you cannot. I do not consent to this. Um, you're right. Just but watch watch this uh watch this video. It's called Video Drum. It's so cool. You're gonna you're gonna get some hallucinations and then you can make them real. Look at it. Look at the video drone. Ooh, are you are you programmed yet? You're doing these weird like it's like you're holding a long cylinder and you're twisting it from both ends. No, I'm like I'm I'm holding the the TV. And so this is the screen, and so I'm I'm turning the screen. I'm I guess I'm technically doing a flat screen TV. Should I do like a Got cathode it. ray? So now I'm I'm putting one hand uh, flat, and then I'm I'm holding, and it's like very heavy. So I'm putting a little bit of weight to it. This is this is better? Great audio content. Oh yeah, oh, it is better though. I, I get oh. I get it more. I can see it a little bit more vividly. Thank you. Yeah, my space work is top tier. Um, <laughs> I just threw it down. Yep, it's in pieces. Do you do you see the invisible pieces? Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I do think there is something to be said for the popularity in our culture of big, super violent action movies, which I take no small uh, amount of delight in watching myself. But obviously it's not real we're not watching snuff films as a culture but i do think it speaks to you know the the proliferation of violent content right it does it is an outlet i feel like it's there's something cathartic about wa watching say john wick make sure that n everyone in the room has a bullet in their head right uh, there is something very cathartic and very it, it hits a very primal part of the brain but Certainly not, you know, people aren't dying for real, but I feel like the most extreme possible version of that, right? Seeing somebody killed on film is seeing them killed on film for real. Um, I had a point once. Well, I mean, and people do watch that kind of thing. Like there, I remember when I was in, I think it was high school and you had, uh, I want to say it was like E-bombs. It wasn't E-bombs world. Oh man. I remember E-bombs um, though. But there was a there was a site that people would go to that it was it had all the the inappropriate uh, things. Newgrounds? Um, no, Newgrounds is great. Newgrounds was all just like um, flash animations. Um, but this one, no, this one had like like it would tell you how to build a pipe bomb. It would tell you how to like um, you like rewire and hack and shit. And it right, also right. had images of like beheadings, and it had pictures of people who had been like uh ripped apart in car accidents shit like that like it was banned on our campus because at a certain point they were like you can't look this up where you're you're going to be put on a list mm -hmm. um which is like i think now all that stuff is on the dark web but like 
you know, people will seek that stuff out because I don't know, there's a, a kind of fascination with it. People, I, th- I think it, I don't know, re- it helps people realize mortality. I'm not sure. Like, I don't seek it out because, again, I'm a big, I'm a big squeamish baby boy. Like, yeah, I, you know what? I do get the inclination towards curiosity yeah. where that stuff is concerned, but I also don't feel like I need to see it. Yeah, I don't. I I don't like it. Like I've I've like run across images like sometimes people will post things and be like look at this fucking beheading or like you know when something crazy happens like back when ISIS was was publishing their their the beheading videos. beheading videos um and people were spreading those around like I have no inclination to check them out but like I think that I think that there is a genuine curiosity to see that kind of thing and, and to like make real what is typically a little bit more distant from our everyday reality. Right. Um, it's, it's the flesh made real. Um, do, Oh, can you, can you, do you, what, what do you, what is, what does all the flesh stuff mean? I don't know if I understood it correctly. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the, or does that imply that you understand it in some way and you're not sure if your perception is quote unquote accurate? I don't know. I, it, like it, it just felt like, like it, it felt like, you know, have you ever read or watched a sci-fi thing and they just start saying a bunch of words and you're like, yep, they're spouting the, the sci-fi stuff. They're doing the sci-fi thing. Um, it felt like that at a certain point, like as we got more into like, building your new flesh and you're going to be a new epitome and you're going to ascend your flesh. Um, like those things, I was just like, yep, we're getting into deep sci-fi territory where they just start saying their own fun sci-fi things. Long live the new flesh. Yep. What does that mean? Um, ambigu- am- ambiguous. It's a, I, I don't have a, a hyper concrete answer, but yeah. I do think... Right, like it's not just the mutated tumor. I mean, that's very that's Cronenberg's thing, right? Like that's why on that Rick and Morty episode they call all the tumor monsters Cronenbergs. Right. Visually, that's very much his jam, his aesthetic. In terms of flesh, as it relates to transmission of media, right? Like, okay, so for example, Brian Oblivion only exists now as tapes. His body is dead, but he still lives as a, a transmitted piece of media in a sense. So. James Woods essentially is rejecting, right? Like he's rejecting the the conspirators. He's rejecting the programming that he's been fed. And so it's more fleshy than fleshy. Okay. I don't feel like I have this locked down. No, I mean, you don't need to. Like you could just be like, I don't fucking know. And I'd be like, yeah, me neither. I just, I didn't know if you had some like insider in the, in the commentary Cronenberg's like, you know, the new flesh, like, uh, you know, we, we grow flesh every seven years and we're a new person. It's crazy. But Nancy now- Reagan once talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wasn't sure if you had any extra insight. Cause like it, again, it also just feels like, like, like when you're doing sci-fi, you're just like, yeah, look at this sci-fi concept. People will interpret it all the ways. It's sci-fi. Yucka, 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 yucka. And I was like, all right, sure. But we also, that's, that's a healthy way to approach it, I guess. Um, but we also get a couple of times, right? You see the 
line between humans and technology start to blur a little bit, right? Like whether it's the TV or the tapes that pulsate and have veins much like human flesh does, right. or whether it's the gun, the, the mechanics of the gun fusing with the hand. See, you see, Sirius, Sirius is out, Sirius is gone. This is getting new flesh. Hell yeah. That the, the, that our flesh is uh, technology. Technology is the, the flesh that we made along the way. Yep, that's it. That's oh. exactly what it is. That's actually what the poster said <laughs> when they released Video Drum. No, but um, the the line between right uh, human beings and mechanics, but more than mechanics, uh, 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 what do you call it? Like like uh, in the other direction, right? You have Brian Oblivion who has taken on like he doesn't his physical body doesn't exist anymore. He's taken on the the what, what do you call it? Like the the means of existence of media itself. Yeah. Like he has crossed that event horizon in the other direction. Mm-hmm. You see, you see, you see, you see, you see, it's turning into mush. See? <laughs> <laughs> you can't end everything with, you see, you see, it's like you're David Lynching. You're like, whatever you think it is. That's is what that, it is. Is that what you think David Lynch sounds like? Yeah. Is he not, uh, is he not, not Romanian German dude? <laughs> No, <laughs> whatever you think it is, it's me, David Lynch, not to be mistaken with David Cronenberg. This is definitely offensive to at least one person listening. <laughs> is it? Is that one person David Lynch? <laughs> He's like, that one hey, <laughs> he pulls that over is not how I sound. <laughs> he's, he's making fun of me. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're we're running out of time. What? So, can you share any last thoughts you might have about this movie, Videodrome, created in 1983, <laughs> starring James Woods and Debbie Harry? Uh. Man, I I feel like I could continue to talk about this movie for a while. Like I said, I like this movie a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a hair under an hour and a half as well and it does go by really quickly especially like you say once you get into the third act things just start flying rapidly so yeah. the, the thing is a, a breezy watch now there is a lot of you know very Cronenbergian sexual violence stuff and most of the flesh imagery is real distressing to look at but if uh if you're not, I mean, I don't know. I feel like your mileage will vary in terms of, you know, how squeamish you feel you are as an individual. Sounds, Tari, like some of it made you legitimately uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I guess I'm I'm way too desensitized to, to I mean, it's been established on this show that I'm a fan of fucked up shit. Not right. real life fucked up shit. Fictionalized fucked up right, shit. Right, of course. So the harder this movie goes, the more fun I'm having. But I love, I love how it still feels relevant even though... All of the technology that they're using is, uh, of course, several generations outmoded, but still feels prescient. It still feels like, yes, this movie at, at, in 1983, Cronenberg could see in a lot of respects where we were going in terms of our relationship with media, but it still feels relevant once you start to dig at the themes, the big ideas, but also it still feels like it's got stuff to teach us about where we may still be heading mm -hmm. in terms of our relationship with media and the way it's impacting certain minds in certain ways. Uh, 
but also it's it's bonkers. Yeah, the whole thing is bonkers. <laughs> um, yeah, I would agree. Um, I think it's it's definitely worth checking out, especially uh, it's a it's a really good follow up to Scanners. Yes. Um, so if you're making your way through the Cronenberg discography. Um, then yeah, definitely check out Scanners, then check this out. I feel um, like much like Daryl Revick, Barry Corvax is a scanny bitch. Hell yeah. The scanniest. He is definitely, is that, yeah. That's a TV uh, pun because of how cathode rays work? Yes. That's ex- yep, that's exactly what I was going for. Thank yeah. you. Yep. You're welcome. Yep. Oh man, you and your, your pun game is so good today. I just to be fair, I really did trip and fall into that one. <laughs> it's like you it's like you dug a hole in the jungle and covered it up with leaves and we're like, hey, bro, come here. And I was like, sure, friend who I trust, and fell into the hole. Yep. And I was like, You earned it. <laughs> Why are you falling? No, that's how you hear it, because you're falling God. very far. I love- love you you got me to fall into the hole and now your work having been completed you hop backwards into another hole that you dug for yourself yep i mean that's how i live always digging in the holes i'm like that movie with shia labeouf Uh, holes (laughs) transformers wow didn't see that one coming um shia labeouf's got a flesh shovel (laughs) he's got two flesh shovels and the whole movie he's just waving his arms back and forth (laughs) and that's how he's digging it's Mm -hmm. more trenches though right of course or you know how like in uh in legend of zelda if you hold the sword button like link will hold it back and then you let go and he spins around yeah it's like that but with two flesh shovels hell yeah and he just or like uh uh in mario you can do the the jumpy twisty thing and break yeah. blocks it's really more like that motion oh. and he's going further and further down into the ground yeah and then people were like uh, we're gonna bury him and then they can't because he just shakes off the dirt and steps on top of it it's a life lesson it's a moral you've heard about it <laughs> and then he starts pulling bottled water out of his torsal slit and <laughs> handing it to everybody else and they're all like I'm crazy dehydrated, but I do not feel comfortable putting my mouth on this. <laughs> That's why you got to just do the waterfall technique. <laughs> the bottles are all veiny and pulsating. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that gross image, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of Missing Out. Um, we hope that you liked uh, David Cronenberg's video drone. Created in 1983. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, let us know what you thought. Uh, you know, hit us up uh, at Missing Outcast, M I S S I N G O U T C A S T, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and you can hit us up on our personal social media. Lex, where can they find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. And I'm at Tari J, T-E-R-I-J-A-Y. If you have a chance, uh, go on your preferred podcast media and uh, leave us a review, uh, leave us a rating. It really helps us get up in those charts, helps other people find us. Um, and it really helps us feed our sweet egos, baby. It keep, help, helps keep us in sleep at night. Um, yep, that's how that works. All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, so it's, until next week, it's this all is vanity and ego. It's <laughs> yep, all vanity. That's what we're here for. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this has been the retrospective. That's introspective. Please validate us. God damn it. <laughs>
Um, but really, this has been the retrospective that's introspective. And now you have a new perspective. Hopefully not because you watched the video drone transmission. <laughs> Hallucinate. Uh, Become our assassins. We've, we've put a... a signal inside of this transmission and now 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 you're gonna have a, a brain humor uh, what a brain humor long live the new flash <laughs>